All right, John chapter 1 this morning. John chapter number 1. Now I was warned. Mom and Dad had to stop and get some new batteries for this, and they said the battery said it was a five-year battery. And uh, I was warned not to use that all up this morning. So wasn't wasn't planning on it, but uh, I've been warned. Oh, another thing too. I know um, there's a few Christmas deals still back there on the table. I think uh, Jennings, I think Gay, I think you've got something back there too. Anyway, uh, might double check. I think there's five or six people still got some things back there on the table. What? Oh, you did? Okay. They just didn't come in yet? <laughs> Get a little clicker on there. <laughs> Be better if it was a clapper. You know, anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, and John chapter number one. <laughs> John chapter number one. All right. Uh, we'll begin reading verse number 43 through the end of the chapter. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael, saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Verse 50, Jesus answered and said unto him, Behold, I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Now, the sermon I've got here, I don't know, I may deviate a little bit from it, but this is what I planned on preaching last week. And to kind of kick off the year, and God had other plans. I was telling somebody, I said, I was already felt like that, you know, horse in the starting gate, just ready to go, ready to go, and then just fell right out of the starting gate, just tripped right over it, and uh, kind of the way things going here. We're gonna try to get some momentum back, and it has been sort of a custom the past few years for me, kind of establish a, a theme for the year that we'll run with, and uh, I'll usually preach on that uh, sometimes the first week, and sometimes I've preached a few weeks on different variations of it. I was looking back, just trying to remember all the themes that we've had since I've been here, and we never, from uh, when I first came 2017 to, to 2019, we sort of had an unofficial theme of come home. In fact, that computer, we still turn on that computer back there, it still has that graphic on there, it says come home on there, and part of the reason why I kind of ran with that was I really wanted to nurture just the family atmosphere of the church. I want to feel like you're coming home when you when you when you came to church here. In 2020, I guess was the first time I really ran with a theme, and uh, we had the theme of walking by faith, and the goal was to press forward. And I will say for 2020, I'm so glad 
we didn't do the 2020 vision theme like everybody else did because who could have seen 2020 coming uh, like it did with COVID and everything. So, but, but we walked by faith, not by sight during that, uh, during that year. 2021, we had a theme of faith forward. And the goal was to move forward after COVID and see ministries expand, increase. This past year, 2022, we had a theme of going beyond our walls. And it was take us out of our comfort zone and attempt great things for God. And this year, and uh, it's going to take some time writing 2023. I was already had to write something, and it was, uh, this just ain't right, writing that 23 on there. It's going to take a while. We'll go with the theme I've considered using, and I think I've talked to some folks about it before, but the theme of we're just getting started. Now we'll look at our text, and this is an example of where I had a good idea, just trying to find a text to go with it a little bit. <laughs> but it is in here, it is in here, it is in this text. These are those remarkable series of events when John writes his gospel, he writes it after Matthew, Mark, and Luke write theirs, and he kind of fills in some, some I don't want to say holes, but he fills in some details that they didn't, they didn't give in their accounts. And he gives us a lot of details in the first couple chapters of the things that happened right there at the very beginning of his public ministry. And, and here we read the story about, well, it started out with Philip being called to be a, a, a disciple. And then you see Philip there, he just, boy, he got a, he, he got a dose, didn't he? He jumped in whole hog. And uh, he goes to work. Uh, he's already inviting folks to church. He's out soul winning. And he finds his friend Nathaniel. And he goes to telling him, says, I found the Messiah. I have found the one that's supposed to come. Nathaniel's interesting. We really, this is really pretty much it, other than a brief mention in chapter uh, 21 of John, verse, verse number two. We really don't know a lot about him. I wish we did. Some people think that. He, it's another name for the disciple that's also called Bartholomew, um, and there's you might can make a case there. I, I really I really don't know. I don't like to make it where there's only 20 people in the New Testament. So uh, to me, if there's five, there's just a guy named Nathaniel here. But when we see this guy, we meet him. I, I think we see that uh, we we see his character. We see that he's the very model of a pious Jew. When uh, Jesus calls him an Israelite indeed, he's a man that's given to private prayer. Uh, we, we see that he's no Pharisee, that he, he didn't just act the part, but he served out of a pure heart, Christ said, in whom there is no guile. We see he didn't just serve God publicly, but privately in, in secret devotional times. That's that under the fig tree. And uh, I was looking at pictures, I've always heard, you know, the fig trees, and they can, if you don't really keep up with them, they'll, they'll grow down, and it can be real shady, and a lot of times over there, they'd hide underneath there and kind of shade, and what, what he's talking about, this was his secret place of prayer, I believe, and he's talking about being under that fig tree, Jesus saying, I heard you praying in your secret place of prayer, in your prayer closet, I know what you were saying. And probably some of what he told him was the stuff he had been praying about that he knew because Christ was God, God hears prayers. Christ is not just saying, you know, hey, I know what your habits are, I know who you are. No, he says, I know the deepest longings, the burdens that you've poured out when you thought no one else was looking. And the last couple of verses there is I want to draw for the theme. 
Jesus said, because I saw the, uh, said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree. But like, oh, you believe that I'm the Messiah just because I say I knew you, you went and sat under the tree? Uh, I mean, other people probably seen you do that. How do you, uh, you know, I may have spies. I may have surveillance cameras. You know, how, do you, how does that impress you? He says, if that, you think that's important, I like the last part of verse 50. Thou shalt see greater things than these. Thou shalt see greater things than these. If you were to translate that verse into Texan, it might sound like, you're impressed just because I saw you in that little sneaky private place of prayer? Son, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. You know, if just because Christ knew who he was, knew who, you know his prayers, if, if he thought that was important, what do you think Nathaniel would have thought, especially if he's with that group and he's traveling around in that company of disciples? What do you think he thought here in a little bit when they turned the water into wine? Or how about when demons were cast out? Or the sicknesses were cured? Lepers were cleansed? How about when the dead were raised? How about when the storm was stilled? On the, as they were crossing the, the, the Sea of Galilee? How about when the lame who couldn't walk went running around celebrating that Christ healed them? What about the blind eyes that were opened? What about the thousands that were fed from just a small little lunch? What do you think about when Christ rose from the dead? Boy, all that stuff. makes Just because He knew you were under a fig tree, it's pretty small in comparison. Nathaniel hadn't seen anything yet. He was really just getting started in following Christ. You know, we're we're really the same if we're really be honest. And I, I know we've got folks here that you've been Christians long enough to draw Social Security just on your Christian life. And then, but we tell you something: we're just getting started. I got folks here. I'm, I remember, you've probably been saved longer than I've been alive. That, but our mortal lives, even though they stretch for decades, it's just a drop in the bucket of our existence. We're just getting started. You know, you think about our time here, and I've been thinking a lot about. It. I don't know why, but think a lot about you know how things change, things pass. Think about how you know we 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 want to tend to say, well, this person. You want to remember them as being young. You see an actor that was in your favorite movie or something you had you know, from years ago, then you see them like, oh my goodness, when did they get old? Uh, we all get old. It happens. It, it, it's part of things. Time moves on. But what is our earthly life? I thought of the, the words of Amazing Grace. We've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun with no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. 10,000 years, that's, that's nothing compared to... Uh, uh, you know, our, our life here is nothing compared to that. I thought of the other psalm, a little more recent. 10,000 years will just be started. 10,000 years we've just begun. The battle's over. The victory's been won. 10,000 years and we've just begun. Really, no matter where we're at here, we're really just getting started in the scope of eternity. You know, as even by age standards, our church really isn't even that old. I think... As far as I, I, I know, you really most of the oldest church is probably about 1870s in our area. Maybe a few a little bit older than that, um, but right about there. I mean, the oldest churches in our county are right around 150 years old, from what what I what I've looked at in before. 
And I know, for instance, where we were at before I came here, now at Friendship Baptist, they had the records and things. They they had started in 18, well, at least before 1878, I, I think sometime around that date, because that's when they started to get the property that, the, that they have down there. Our church only goes back to May 2001, as far as I can tell from the records. And, but, you know, say, so, well, that's not as long as that church or this church or that church. But still, I tell you, in the scope of things, we're really just getting started. Most of our membership in our church has only been here less than five years, and we're just getting started. I'll share with you, and I know I'm rambling on all this, but when I was in Bible college, Brother Fugit would teach a lot about leadership and the kind of the germ of this idea, the little seed for this idea is from something he shared with us. He said that he would do. It's kind of a little leadership trick that he did. And he said he would he would come to church and he would kind of play a little mental exercise and say, you know, I'm coming in for the first day. I just got voted in as pastor of this church. And he said what he would do is, you know, it would change perspective on things. Instead of being, oh my goodness, oh, we got to do something with that building. We got to work on that building. Oh, there's, we got to get somebody to do this. Oh, we've got this problem with that ministry. He said he'd walk in and go, I get to pastor a church that has that? My goodness, look, this auditorium's nice. Whereas, you know, kind of getting the stuck in the thing, and like, man, we need to do something. He said he'd walk in like, and he tried to do it like he was walking in for the first time. And he'd say, man, this is, this is nice. I get to pastor a church with a Bible college, with this bus ministry, with this missions program, with this radio ministry, he said, all this stuff. He said he, he, he said it would just build excitement in him uh, just to think about that because he wasn't seeing the status quo. Uh, he was looking at it through a, a new perspective and he could see those possibilities and feel that excitement again. And then you, you get at that and you think, well, look at what I've got. What can we do with this? When you get that excitement, it's not just an excitement of, oh, oh, it's the way things have been. It's, oh, what can we do? Where can we go? How can we increase? How can we do more? You know, if we're not careful, things can get a little bit stale. We can lose the excitement and awareness of, of what we have. And sometimes I think it is good to step back and say, well, what if I was, what if I was just getting started? What if I was just getting started in this? Now, like I said, a lot of rambling, a little more than usual. Actually, I'm pretty good at rambling. Uh, but uh, I, I know this one is a little bit out there. I won't take up a whole lot of time, but a uh, few things I'm going to share with you, things to, uh, to press forward in. We're just getting started. Even though there have been victories and defeats, we're still just getting started. We can't sit back and say, well, we, we've done enough. You can't quit because of a setback or two. Imagine these football teams are all vying to get in the playoffs and getting seeds and stuff. Imagine, imagine that team that won the first game said, oh, we got it made now. We don't have to worry about the rest of the season. Uh, they would be in a world of hurt, wouldn't they? Now you got to keep those guys fired up, keep them playing. Every game's important. You can't just let a loss or two uh, you know, get you down. you got to keep fighting. You know, we can't do anything about the past. Just because we've won a victory in the past doesn't mean we'll have a victory again. 
you know, some of these football teams, I saw, you hear them stats of play, oh, yes, the last six times these teams have met, this team won. I'm like, yeah, and that does not matter. Hill of beans <laughs> when it comes time for this game. Just because we've lost the battle doesn't mean that the war is lost. We've got to keep pressing forward. Philippians chapter 3, 13, 14, Paul wrote, Brethren, I, caught, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth in the things which are before me, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not worrying about the things behind. I'm, I'm pressing forward, reaching forward for a goal. The only way we are assured to lose is to do nothing. Second thing is there are doors of opportunity we cannot ignore. As I look back over the year, and I know kind of last month or so, you know, kind of get a little bit retrospective, closing out the year, and you look back and say, you know, what what did we do? What what have we done? What what are the big days? What what, what have we done? And some of that's what great accomplishments. Some of that's well, what can we do next year? But you know, this past year we've had some we've had some high days. We've seen some things God's done, just great things. Um, some of the three things I just jotted down. I, I I thought the Easter service over at Sweetwater was a high day. That was a that was a really special time, and uh, I still can't believe we packed that little building out. People just kept coming. I don't know who all those people were. They showed up, uh, but uh, I thought, boy, that was something special. I'm looking forward to. I, I guess I'm pretty sure we're doing that again. I hadn't cleared that with Connie yet, but uh, I don't think she walks that back door anymore. <laughs> But uh, anyway, I thought about that. I thought about our VBS. I'm going to tell you something. I've been pretty discouraged. The, the VBSs we've run in the past just never seemed to have really taken off. And then this year, it's like, well, you had like 25 kids. Yeah, we had 25 kids. Man, we had kids having a blast. It was nuts around here. It was awesome. And uh, the, 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 the school supplies and stuff we did, I thought, man, this, this was exciting. It's like we're, we're, we're getting going here. And seeing some traction, like man, it made me excited. About it. man, next year will be bigger. Next year will be better. Next year, I'm not going to wear a wig. You know those kind of things. Or uh, uh, grow the beard, right, Danny? Not going to grow the beard back. So, um, I thought about the missions giving. Which, if there's if there is anything, and I say I'm not bragging here. I'm just looking back. What are the high mountaintops that God had for the church? I, I think the missions giving surpassing a hundred thousand dollars voting to give the surplus money from the budget to admissions, that's that's major. That is major. Um, but you know, whatever we have done, there are still opportunities to do more. The needs, the needs are still there. There's still missionaries that need money. <laughs> Rice singers need some more money. They got twins coming <laughs> There's still missionaries that are raising support. There's cries of help that are out there. We can do more to reach the lost, not just around the world, but around the corner. We can do more. We can do more to help the hurting. Also, I'm excited about having these folks come in that have got this deal for the, 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 the unwed mothers and stuff. We'll talk a little bit about that. Becky's been, I'm excited about uh, hopefully being able to kind of partner with them a little bit, help them out. Going to uh, the stuff. Uh, there at the end of the year, the open house over at Wives Choices. Man, I was excited to see all the stuff, see what God's doing through all that. That's tremendous. Uh, we, but I was like, well, we've done a lot. Yeah, we we can do more. We we can do a lot of good. We can do more to support the work of God. These these 
churches that are getting started. I, I'm looking at some of the things. I, I keep thinking about Brother Fitz over there. He needs he needs a church property. Uh, it needs something somewhere to meet. Been praying for him, and uh, you know there there may be some opportunities to step in and help with a need like that. Or uh, we we've stepped in and helped, like I said, the homeless no more quite a bit. Some situations like that, just uh, tremendous opportunities to help. There are so many things we can do. We've done a lot, yes, but boy, I can't wait to see what we can do going forward. Third thing I'll say is that we need to keep that first love excitement. Even though we're just getting started, we've got to keep that first love excitement. In Revelation 2.4, the church at Ephesus is reprimanded by Christ for leaving its first love. And I know there's tons of interpretations on that. I'm convinced that first love is Christ. The first love for a Christian is Christ. But I'm going to tell you, if you're not careful you can get away from loving Him. You can get busy serving Him and forget Him. You know, there is something thrilling about those early days of a relationship. Y'all remember those days when you couldn't spend enough time together? When He called and your heart would go pitter-patter? Some of you, Carrie, y'all are still there, don't you? What happens... You know, listen, we, we get a little settled. We get we get a little complacent. I know the excitement dwindles. And, 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 you know what? If we're And listen, things change. Relationships change. They deepen. I, I get that. You're not always, aren't you glad? You're not always that silly, big, moon-eyed person that you were when you were first dating. It, it, gets, it gets better. You get over that. I'm waiting for some people to get over it. And, uh, but... We need to keep that first love excitement in the church. We need to keep that first love. We can get back to getting started. Get that excitement we had when we first got saved. We first get into church. Man, when, you, when everything is brand new and you're so excited about the possibilities, we need that first love excitement. There was a time, and I'll be honest, I'm, I'm, can, can we... I'm not going to make you raise your hands, but there's probably, we could all say, there's been a time I've been more excited about going to church than I was this morning. Not that you weren't excited, but I guarantee you there's been times that probably you were a little bit more. We want to keep that. Let's keep that. Let's, let's stoke that. Let's keep that first love excited because we're just getting started. Let's keep it going. And we, fourth thing is we need to press forward. We need to press forward. We cannot be idle. You can't just rest on your laurels and the excitement of the victories that were in the past or the great things God has done. I was uh, I was told a um, told a little deal, and I've heard variations of it. And they're talking about Christian movements, and they say they start with a man, then they turn into a movement, then they become a machine, and then they become a monument. They start with somebody who really gets it going, and then they take the principles and things, it becomes a movement, it spreads a lot of people. And then it comes a machine where it's like, well, do you do it like this, you do it like this, this is the way it works, this is the way you do it. And then it becomes just a monument, a memorial to what God did in the past. Well, listen, I don't want to ever get to the point where we're just a monument to what God did. You ever drive by a church? I, I, I get it, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but you ever drive by a church that's so-and-so memorial church? We don't have a lot of those around here. 
uh, in Kentucky, in Lexington, there was, uh, was it Parker Memorial? Uh, I think it was Parker Memorial Baptist Church. And uh, I know over in uh, the Carolinas, there's a Truett Memorial Baptist Church. After George Truett died, they raised money and built this little church out there. It was like where his family preached or something. But uh, I don't want a church to be a memorial, a monument to what, keep it alive. I don't want it to be a machine. We got to keep it alive and moving. We can't just sit still, can't be happy with it. We can't just keep this. We got to press forward to do great things. That's life. Missions. Let's give more. Let's support more. Let's go more. Let's pray more. This church. Let's go more. Participate more. Sing more. Learn more. Sunday school. Be faithful. Dig into God's word. Get to know one another. Fellowship. Prayer. Be consistent in prayer. I think that's one of our biggest problems today is just consistency. Let's pray for big things. Let's remember to pray for one another. Growth. Let's invite others. Let's get involved in outreach. Let's share the gospel. Let's see some folks get saved. Youth. Let's get some families to join us. Let's get some more. Billy was even asking, hey, are we going to camp this year? Yeah, planning on it. Um, well, wouldn't it be good? If you, let's get us a busload. Let's go. Uh, let's let's grow the VBS program, the back to school stuff. Man, let's let's, let's man, maybe we'll have fifty little kids running around like little wild Indians in here. I, that'd be great. Maybe not during that time. Ask me later. You know, <laughs> but but man, let's grow it. Let's let's reach some folks. Fellowship. Let's encourage one another. Let's gather. Let's fellowship one one with another. Get to know everybody. Our homes. Our homes need to be sacred places, family altars, a place where God is present. We've got to press forward. And being pressing forward isn't just here. By the way, what is the church? What is the church? The church is a called out assembly. That's the meaning of the Greek word ecclesia. I can never say it right. I won't say ecclesia, but it's ecclesia. It's a called out assembly. It's a bunch of individuals called into a body, a local autonomous body. And what you have in a church is you have these individuals, you have these families that are the foundation of the church. And the strength of the church is not necessarily the group, but it's the strength of the people. And we have to have strong people to have a strong church. And where does that begin? You know what? It really doesn't begin at church. It begins at home. It begins in private devotion, private study, private prayer. And then that builds up the church and each other. Because as we are stronger, we, we, we do more, we lift up more. Uh, and, and the church grows stronger as we as individuals, as we as individual units of families grow stronger. All right, five-year battery, we're good. Conclusion. What we've seen these last five plus years now, only makes me that much more excited about what's around the corner. Uh, just, it is so exciting to see, and if you step back and look at what God's done, where, 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 we, where we were, where we're going, what, what God's done, it is, it really is amazing to step back and see what God has done. And I, I, listen, folks, we're just getting started. I think God's just getting started with us. And let me tell you this. 
um, little personal philosophy on this. I am not one to promote rapid growth or, you know, this. Because have you ever noticed if you have a garden or a flower bed, you ever notice what grows fast? It's usually not what you want. <laughs> Slow, steady, consistent growth, I, I, I think, is best. And I think that's what you push for. God can miraculously bless, but I am all for slow, steady, consistent growth. And let me tell you something, we've seen that these last few years. We, we consistently having, uh, you know, a few folks coming in and joining. We, we, we have been seeing that. And, and, and that's what I like. I, you know, and, and, and I think that's what's healthy. And I, I want to see that continue. I want to see it start increasing. I don't want to sit here and say, hey, we'll have 5,000 people here next Sunday. I wouldn't know what to do with them. Uh, Dad would have to buy a whole lot more donuts if we did. <laughs> but let's just keep pressing forward. And that's how, and like I said, that's, that's one of my things. And pressing forward is, I don't know, this huge, miraculous change to be the biggest church in the county overnight. But let's, let's press forward. Slow, consistent growth. I, that's, I think that's what's healthy. That's what's best. By the way, you don't wake up in the morning and you're a foot taller. I don't know. Drew's getting close to that sometimes. I think he wakes up and he's an inch or two taller. But it's imperceptible. Until you've seen that, hadn't seen that little kid in a while, and then, oh my goodness, look how tall you are. Uh, it takes time. Progress, like I said, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. Progress in churches, especially in churches, is often not dramatic. It, it does take time. You, you usually don't see the change overnight. You keep plugging away. That's why what is, what is promoted in Scripture is faithfulness. It's sticking with it. It's making the difference day after day, week after week. And I think sometimes we get mesmerized. We like the big, big, flashy stuff. But I'm going to tell you, good, solid churches grow usually typically on a slower pace. Changes happen on a slower pace. They're usually not very dramatic, even in any kind of program or, or company. It's usually a, an incremental deal. And if you step back and look at where we've been as a church, you start to see some of these things. Listen, as a church family, to see people as close as they are, seeing things like that, to see, uh, the, the, to see the, 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 even just the interactions of things like the, the men's breakfast, uh, the, the missions giving, uh, just everything. You step back and you start seeing this. You'll start seeing these things are coming together. Things are really setting up, I believe, for God to do something very special, very amazing in our church. I'm excited for that. I can't wait to see what he's got in store for us. And I hope you are too. And I hope you're, I hope you're praying for it. I hope you're working towards that too. Because I'm excited about what the Lord's got in store for us. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to work my tail off to, to make sure that it happens when it, when it does. I'm excited to see what the Lord's got in store. And if musicians come, one of the things about just getting started, you have to make sure you're on the right path. And this is spiritual business. This isn't, and that's a mistake a lot of folks make in church growth things. They, they apply a lot of business. We're not out to get more customers. We're out to, really to make more Christians, to build up more Christians. That, that's what the goal is. That's very different than marketing a hamburger. Um, we have to start out, this is spiritual business. 
And the key number one step is to make sure when we're getting started, you don't start off by church membership. You start out by salvation. Start off by knowing for sure your sins are forgiven, that you're a child of God. That's box number one. Until that box is checked, you can't go to the next one. We have to make sure we're started there. I know we got church folks here. Still, you got to make sure that's checked. If else, everything else will not go. Everything else will not work unless box number one is checked. That we are saved. That we know heaven is our home. We know we are a child of God. Know we are redeemed. Know we are regenerated by the Holy Spirit. Everything we want to say on those lines, we've got to make sure that box is checked. I hope and trust that yours is checked. If not, get that. we've got to get that settled before it's too late. God won't be impressed you're a member of Faith Baptist Church. God won't be impressed at all. What God will be impressed with, that you are one of His. That you're one of His own. That's the most important thing. If you'll stand, please. 125. 125 there in the heavenly highways. 125. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you again for this church, Lord. Uh, kind of really kicking things off a week into the year, but your, your timing saw things a little different than what I would have planned, but Lord, your way is best. And Lord, as we look ahead, we've already been t- talking about it ending last year, just excited about what we've seen you do, excited about where things are going, excited about the, the opportunities, the possibilities of what you could have around the corner for us, Lord. Help us keep that excitement, keep that drive. To keep, uh, keep us on our knees before you, praying, earnestly longing to see you do something special in our lives, in our church, in our homes, our community. Lord, just keep us pressing forward. And Lord, as we look at things, I don't want us to sit back and say, boy, look at what we've done. Let's just get excited about what we're, where we're at, but let's keep pressing forward. Let's just keep realizing we're really just getting started and let's move forward and see some great things accomplished through your glory, through your honor. Challenge us, I pray, Lord, this, this simple thoughts here this morning, I pray in thy holy name. Amen.